So on today's podcast, I really just want to zone back in on Moses because I think there's a lot to kind of pick up in this exchange between him and God at the burning bush. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. So here's what I've been thinking about for today. I know we're kind of in the daily reflections on Moses at the burning bush, but here's my question. Why did Moses hide his face from God? It seems pretty simple, but let's explore it. I'm in Exodus chapter three, and I'm looking at uh, verses, verses, verses four, five, and six so let's read it all together exodus 3 verses 4 5 and 6 in nlt it says when the lord saw moses coming to take a closer look god called him from the middle of the bush moses moses here i am moses replied don't come any closer the lord warned take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground i am the lord or rather the god of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, the only thing I'm thinking about the here is just really kind of walking through this because we're at the mo- at the burning bush. Moses is leading the flock of Jethro basically out to um, the wilderness, and he takes them into the deep wilderness, which is a fascinating thought. And brings him, brings this flock close to the mountain of God. I would imagine the region of the mountain of God. Um, even the Bible says Horeb in one version. But again, he brings these 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 or Sinai. It's what you might be familiar with. He's bring these brings these sheep out to this place, and he sees this bush that's burning. And it's burning, and I don't think, and you know, obviously historically, you know this stuff uh, historically. Um, bushes would burn at random, but they wouldn't keep burning. So Moses sees this bush and he looks, he probably, my guess is he probably looks and sees a burning bush. He's like, okay, that's whatever. And then he travels a couple more steps and then he looks again and the, that same bush is still burning, which tells me a little bit about Moses in terms of him being a very observant individual, observant and taking note of different things, even on a regular day where he's just out there taking the sheep out like he's still observant like if it's one thing if you look back at Moses's life it so much happens in his observations that when he sees an Egyptian um, treating an Israelite unfairly it's because of what he saw that led him led him to to act he saw the Egyptian um, treating the, the Israelite unfairly and then he chose to do something about it he looked left and he looked right notice the language about looking left and right the observation looking left and right to see if anybody was watching and killed the egyptian and buried that egyptian the next day he goes out and he sees notice again the observation he sees two two israelites striving and he decide and he says basically hey listen here's what i'm gonna do he goes and he talks to them he doesn't he doesn't kind of strike one down which is interesting he chooses this time um the first time he chooses to oh Jeez, the first time he chooses to strike the second time he chooses to speak and this was kind of an interesting thing that you see in moses's life in terms if you think about his relationship with the rock that the first time he was told to strike the rock the second time he was told to speak to it really just indicating the difference between the works and the the this idea of 
the spoken word um, and how that influences our impact. Our, it has an impact on our relationship that, again, it, 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 the rock being a type of Christ and even potentially just in Moses' life, this striking and speaking, the striking and speaking that seems to be this constant thing throughout the theme throughout his life. Anyway, that's kind of down down a rabbit hole. But here's where you see Moses. And again, his observation skills is what God was, I believe anyway, is what God was relying on. He set a burning bush to keep burning. And Moses literally turned aside and began to look for this bush. And it literally led him up and he sees this burning bush and Moses said, listen, I'm going to go take a look to see what's happening. They said, Moses literally says in verse three, this is amazing. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. He leaves his flock to go look at a bush that, that to me is just so fascinating. And I think it speaks to his leadership. And I think it speaks to all of our leadership that Sometimes I think we get so, so focused on the flock or the things that we are over. So whether it's the work that we have to do or the kids or our marriages or our businesses or whatever it is, our ministries or, you know, and sometimes in the midst of those seasons, we're so focused in on the flock that we miss the bushes, that we we miss the opportunities that God is doing miraculous things or different things or new movements or new or introducing new ways of thinking and being and introducing his next thing. But we're so focused on the flock that we're unwilling to look again. And so Moses teaches us right off the bat that, hey, listen, at times, even when you're tending to your flock, it's good to look for bushes. It's good to look for the anomalies. It's good to look for new uh, new things that might be inspirational. And so Moses is drawn closer to this bush. And in the midst of him being drawn closer to this bush, Moses, um, as he's getting closer, listen to the language of God. As he's coming closer, um, Moses called, God calls to Moses and says, Moses, Moses. All right, fine. So Moses gets called. And then Moses replies, here am I. So they're in dialogue. Then God says to him, don't come any closer, but take your shoes off, take your sandals off, because the place where you're standing is holy ground, which is a strange introduction, because when you think of somewhere, and this is, again, the first time that the word holy is being used, when you think about, potentially, think about this, if the ground is holy, why would you want Moses's bare soul touching holy ground? You'd think maybe God might tell him, listen, you, Moses, you killed a person. You're so unworthy. I don't want you interacting with something holy. Put on some platform shoes, put on some heels, put on another pair of sandals, get your, get your coat off and make sure you put it underneath you. Cause you, I don't want you to have any contact with anything holy, but that's not what God says. God says, I want your souls, the foot of your, the soles of your feet. I want your souls close to literally resting on that which is holy i want your feet on something holy i want your feet on something holy think about that that god is saying to somebody who might have been disqualified and rejected by others that god is saying i want you to plant your feet on something holy similarly in the new testament i think we see similar parallels to the man that built his house on a rock whose foundation was built into the rock so that when 
when when the storms came he could withstand the storm because his foundation was securely planted similarly we see it in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians when Paul says that he wants these Ephesian brethren to be rooted and grounded in love love being holy God being God God being love John John talks about God being love and so love in and of itself is holy so and so it Paul's saying to the Ephesians be rooted and grounded in love is saying put your feet on something holy make sure your foundation is holy because all other ground as a songwriter says is sinking sand everything else is built on something else so we have to make sure that our feet our souls are on something holy especially since we know that there are so many things that want to move us and shake us but paul tells us again to the corinthian brethren be steadfast and unmovable ever abounding in the work of the lord that we should always make sure that we are unmovable and the only way to be unmovable is to make sure that your soul is resting on something holy not something religious on something holy not something churchy on something holy make sure that it's on something holy and the only thing here is the holy place where god chooses to commune and start start this or continue anyway this relationship with moses it's a powerful thing make sure your soul is touching something holy Oof. so so interesting anyway so the piece that i really wanted to zone in on is this idea that Moses had that that he says God tells him take off your sandals and Moses takes it off then God says I am the God of your father the Greek text there says fathers what the NLT renders it father the God of your father the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and when Moses hears this that's when he covers his face think about that that when Moses hears this that's when he chooses to cover his face which is so fascinating to me because Moses didn't cover did not cover his face when when the bush when he saw that the bush was burning Moses did not cover his face as he got closer to the bush Moses did not cover his face as 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 he approached the bush and something from the midst of this burning bush called his name Moses did not cover his face when the voice said to him don't come any closer because the place you're standing is holy ground Moses didn't cover his face when he realized that the place was holy whatever holy means again but Moses actually only covers his face when he realized who he was actually talking to now think about this not for the bush not for coming closer not for taking your sandals off not the fact that something is speaking to you from the like from the midst of a bush you think that alone would be scary but moses says oh my gosh i didn't realize who i was talking to and when he realizes who he was talking to that's when moses covered his face which to me is fascinating because it tells me that Moses imported something into that conversation that the that revelation of who who he was speaking to brought some assumptions to him that I think are is so fascinating Moses hears oh this is the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and everything he's heard about this God 
floods his mind in that moment. This is the God who literally no one's heard from for the past hundreds, for hundreds of years as they were suffering in Egypt. Nobody heard from God. Nobody at least was recorded as being, as hear, as being um, a, a hearer of the word of God, that nobody, nobody heard from him during that time that God went silent. But people still kept talking about God, although he was relatively silent. And again, it's not that God wasn't working. It's not that God wasn't protecting. It's not that God wasn't providential. It's, it's none of that. It's really, this is the first time that we hear God speaking to someone in hundreds of years. And now, all of a sudden, all Moses has is, remember when he was in Jacobin's care um, up until probably three or five years old or so and he kept hearing about this God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and all of a sudden this God shows up for Moses and the first thing Moses does is to cover his face Moses says I don't want to look on the face of God something tells me that Moses heard that there is some danger to looking at God's face. But notice, notice that God tells Moses, come closer, as in make sure your souls are touching holiness. But Moses' response to God revealing who God was. So when God says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses says, I need to hide my face. I need to cover my face. Doesn't it sound like like somewhere in Genesis where where Adam and Eve they hid themselves when the voice of God came? When 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 and this I think is really just the precursor to the conversation that they're about to have. That something inside of Moses says, when God shows up, hide. When God shows up, cover. When God shows up, don't look. And again, this is not something that God told Moses to do. This is something that Moses decided to import into his relationship with this God. Again, he didn't hide his face because of the burning bush, not because the place he was standing on was holy ground, not even because something random was talking to him from a bush. He hid his face because of the connection to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what do we take away from this? I think it's important for us to begin to assess what are some of the ways that we hide things from God's face because of our perception of him. I know for me, it, it's um, more recently, I discovered this within the last like three months or so. Um, I was listening to a message and, and um, Pastor Rick Warren mentioned that just to in, in our prayer lives, that as we're praying to God, First thing that we should, one of the things that we have to kind of focus on in our prayer is being honest with God. And for some reason, I like conceptually, I knew it, but I think my heart was more ready to receive it at that stage. And it just reminded me that, man, I don't know if I've been praying honest with God, like raw, raw honesty. I think I've been hiding certain things from him thinking, you know, like maybe God doesn't even want to hear about this. Maybe at this stage, like it is what it is. There's no need for me to do all this, but it, it, I just, it just really struck me that there were things that I was covering, things that I wasn't bringing to God, things that I assumed this is too little for him or it's not that important. So I think the first application point is to ask ourselves, where are we potentially covering things, hiding things from God and not bringing them to him?
The next thing then, once we realize what those areas are, is to bring them to him. Change our prayer life, change our relationship, change our approach with him, change, you know, our, 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 our interactions with him. Make our really reactions, our interactions rather with God more real, more compelling, more honest, more transparent, more clear, more, more, more just true. That if we can bring our true selves to God, God can then bring the true to us. So whether it's the truth of who he is or the truth that his son, he sent his son to die for us or the truth that in the midst of all this, we really need God's help or the truth that we are able to do everything that God called us to do. And he is, he is, he through us can do the miraculous. That's the truth he brings when we stop hiding things from him. And over and over again in Moses' life, um, we see instances where God is calling people closer and they keep hiding stuff from him. They are afraid of him. They are worried about the response they'll get. That you can tell by the reactions of the people when God showed up in, 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 at the top of the mountain with you know lightning and thunder and you know all this stuff around this mountain and the people were literally afraid they said listen Moses you go because that God is scary we heard about the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and and there's something about what they heard or maybe it might be what they began to believe about him that again I think impacted their relationship with him and God spends the next 40 years trying to convince them hey I'm the God that wants you close I'm the God that wants to deliver you. I'm the God that wants to build you up. I'm the God that wants to make you, move you from the place of being a slave to being sons. And that transition requires death from slavery to sons. That's why he sent the son to be a slave, to bring slavery, to being slaves into sonship. Anyway, that's my thought for today. What are you hiding you're from God. What what part of you? It's interesting that Moses, he wraps his face. He covers his face. The identifier. The part of you that's probably a part of the most unique element of you is your face. And Moses hides the most intimate part of himself away from God. What are the intimate things that, that you've been hiding from God? That you haven't been talking to God about? That you've been holding off on dealing with God about. What are they? Let's pray. God, we have hid our faces from you. And hide as it were our faces, Paul says. I'm praying, God, that you you help us to really begin to explore all the things that you want us to be and to do and to really just recognize that in you, God. We have everything that we need in you. You are the God that sent your son for us to be close. You don't, you don't just want our feet to touch something holy. You want our hearts and our minds to be founded on something holy. You want our lives to be resting on something holy. And we can't do that if we hide our faces from you. And so God, I'm praying even for myself now, for the areas that I've kept from you, forgive me and help me to be more true and honest with you 
And I pray, God, that through that honesty and that truth, that if you said if we draw nigh unto you, that you know you will draw nigh, you'll get closer to us. And so I can, I, I'm just asking you, God, to continue to just change the way I approach so many different things. Help us, God, anchor us in you and help us to honor and magnify you. So grateful for everything that you are doing and the fact that you'd reveal new truth to us. Truth is not new, but at least it's new to us. And help us, Lord Jesus, to take the charge of uncovering our faces before you. Because Moses, I think, learned that when he went back into your presence later on. He he came out and veiled his face for the people. He covered his face for the people, but not for you. Not in front of you. Not in your presence. Moses got, got, the, got the understanding that in your presence... You want us to be unveiled. You want us to be naked before you. And so, God, we're just asking that you continue to lead us, guide us. Thank you for all that you're saying and doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.